Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm really excited to be talking to author Nancy Christie because she really asked the question, is it too late to start over? Which I completely agree. It's never too late to start over. She has a book out called Reinventing Rita, and I want to talk all about it. Hi, Nancy. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. I'm really excited that you're here. I'm excited to talk about your book because... It's such a good like approach and positive approach. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, um, reinventing Rita, as, as you mentioned, the, the key question of the theme of the novel is: Is it ever too late to start over? In the story, the protagonist Rita Reynolds she has to decide whether at fifty, what is she going to do with the rest of her life? Right? She sort of had this vision that oh, I'm my college age son's going to come back home. I get to be full-time mommy again, and that's the rest of my life. Well, you know, we all know (laughs) that's not going to happen. She just never really planned for this. You know, after her divorce, her son was still in high school. So, you know, she just sort of drifted. You know, as I like to say, she was coasting on the highway of life. When uh, her child support stopped, of course, she had to get a part-time job to help fill in the money. But that still did not kind of push her. You know, some people actively make plans for the rest of their life. And then there's people like Rita that you got to drag kicking and screaming into reality. So she's now looking at her job might be coming to an end if the store she works at closes down. Her son's not coming back home to live with mommy. Even her 75-year-old mother has moved on after the loss of her husband 10 years ago and is now dating. And then here's Rita, stuck in the mud. So she is um, she's starting to realize that she dragged a bit here. And uh, at the same time, she she's always been a baker. That had been a dream of hers after college. She was going to go to France, take classes there at the Cordon Bleu, and then come home and become... The Julia Child of Clarksburg, Ohio. <laughs> That's where she lives, right? Well, instead she I got love married. That. Yeah, she got married, had her son, and kind of put that dream away with his little baby curls that she had from the first haircut. Well, now she's um she's kind of toying with that idea, but again has is really torn with a lot of self-doubt. And with the help of her friends, she starts kind of moving into that as a real possibility. So it is, it's really a story about a woman who realizes 50 is not the end of the world, nor is 60, nor is 70. But, you know, it's never too late to, I guess, uh, find your inner moxie and start moving forward. I love this. This is so brilliant and so cool. I love it because there's a lot of books out there that only focus on the young early 20s, like now what do I do with my life now that college is done or now that I'm out of high school, whatnot. I love the fact that you shifted toward this time frame because this is, to me, a little bit more important. So how did this come about, Nancy? How did you approach starting this book? Well, part of it 
And I have to say, this is also my first novel. I am a had always been a committed short story writer. I have two collections out. I could never write a novel, right? And then um, started toying with that idea. So this really represented a shift for me as well. And they always say, well, some of the experts say, write what you know, right? Well, okay, <laughs> this is no big secret. Anybody who knows me knows I freely admit my age. I turned 69 this year. So Amazing. it's kind of like, all right, I'm writing for the age that I know. I'm tired of women who are anything over 45 being portrayed as incompetent or incontinent, depending on where they are in their age gap. Right. Um, only, I only love that. Suitable, yeah. yeah, only suitable to be babysitters of the grandchildren. You know, they've got no sex life. They've got no life. Right. And I thought... But I know women, I know women who start over again at at 45, at 55, at 65, whatever. And I thought, I want to write for these women because we are not well represented. Absolutely. So I love that. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what what uh, really kind of pushed me into that whole idea. And it's it's an entire series that I'm working on, the Midlife Moxie novel series. So this is the first in the series and the next one will come out next year. But this is, you know, about women who are at midlife, but also about the importance of having female friendships. I could not have gotten through a lot of the things that I've gone through in my whole life without my friends being so supportive and encouraging and at times kicking kicking me in the butt to do something. I think that is an important element. And, and I wanted to emphasize that in my books about female friendships. I love the fact that you mentioned the female friendships because at a later age to me, because I'm also a later age, at a later age to me, your friends are solidified and it's about just enjoying each other's company versus reading something about the younger self where you're still trying to, find who you are, trying to find your your solid group of friends. So this is so important. I love that you also call it the Midlife Moxie series. <laughs> In the series that you are planning out, is it a continuation of Reinventing Rita or is it just different new characters, but just part of the series concept? Or can you tell me more about that? Sure. Each book is a standalone. They're not okay. uh, like we, I don't continue on with Rita. While the overall theme is about finding your inner moxie, pursuing your dream, the stories are are very individualized to the character. So in Reinventing Rita, she's a resistor. OK, her friends have to push her, have to encourage her, have to build her self-esteem. In the one that I plan to release next year, Finding Fran, it's really about a woman who at, is at a crossroads in her career. She's a romance novelist, and she had started to build her reputation or following on a certain type of romance novels, and she realizes she's not happy doing that. So she really takes control and said, I don't want to write these kind of books anymore. I want to write something different 
with a different kind of female protagonist. You know, in her case, she's got the the self-awareness and the confidence in herself, but it's still it's still a little dicey. I, I don't care how positive you might feel about your abilities or whatever. There are still times when you wake up in the middle of the night and say, am I crazy for trying this? Should I just stay on that safe shore or should I really go into the waves, you know? So each book will be, the conflicts will be different, but the overarching theme is the same about the importance of finding your moxie, determining what you want to be the rest of your life and not letting whatever your number age is hold you back from the next stage of your your possibilities. Finally, somebody wrote or is writing these books. I'm so glad. Like I need to shout it on a rooftop or something. This is so cool, Nancy. Thank you. But going back to reinventing Rita, how was it writing Rita? How was it connecting with that character? It was a lot of fun for me. In some respects, Rita and I are different in that I always tended to um, take more chances you know, career-wise and that, life-wise. I work on the philosophy, how bad can it be? And then by the time I get midway into it, I'm like, oh man, this is a lot harder (laughs) than I thought. But at that point, you're a little too far along. You're already in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you just keep on going. Whereas Rita's kind of like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then her friends take her by the hand. One thing Rita and I really have in common, and I talk about her like she's a real person, because to me, My characters are real people, right? But Mm -hmm. one thing we really have in common is the baking background. When I was working on the book, I knew that uh, she she teaches a six-week class on baking. That's how she kind of dips her toe back into being a professional. And I love to bake. I just love baking. So (laughs) I thought, well, I'm not just going to kind of gloss over the classes. I really want to have... A little bit of instruction. And then as part of the marketing, I want to make available some of Rita's recipes. Well, you cannot take a recipe out of a cookbook and use it because that's copyrighted, right? But then Mm. I never follow directions anyways. So (laughs) I spent the entire time I'm writing Rita, I was also developing recipes. And I would take (sighs) this recipe, that one, combine them, mix them up, change the ingredients, whatever. I have a recipe in there, a Hungarian tort recipe, which actually is my mother's. Oh, and, my gosh. And, you know, I loved it. My friends loved it because every time, I mean, I might do a recipe five or six times because I kept changing things. So it would be really my own. So then I would call my friends and I would say, okay, I got I got something new for you to try. See if you like this one, right? So everybody benefited because <laughs> I couldn't sit there and eat the entire thing by myself, although I was tempted. So we <laughs> did have that in common. Another way we differed was she was she was really suffering from a bad case of empty nest. And by the time my son graduated from high school and went away to culinary school, I was working full time. Plus, I had a part time job. Yes, I missed him, but he had always been independent and working even while he was in high school. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was kind of like, I got too much to do to even, you know, it's not like I'm sitting around the house going, oh my God, there's nobody here. It's like, I'm working, you know, I did not have that same bad case of emptiness syndrome 
when my son left, interestingly enough, and this is little segue, but my father lived with me the last three years of his life. And there was only two of us in the house. When he passed, that was a bad case of emptiness syndrome because I had been so focused on being there for him, caring for him, especially Mm -hmm. towards the end. The biggest shock to me, when I would have to go and do events, I would bring somebody in to keep my dad company and make sure he was safe and everything. And you always had your cell phone on. You know, mm-hmm. when when you're doing an engagement, whatever. And I would tell people at the beginning, this is what's going on in my life. So if I suddenly get a call and they go, we're rushing your dad to the hospital, I'm sorry, I'll have to leave, right? It's the reality. And a lot of the people in the audience would understand that. Well, the first event I did after my father died, I realized I didn't have to have my phone on anymore. That was traumatic to me. It wasn't like, oh, thank God, I don't have to worry about this. It was, oh, my God, my dad's gone. I don't have, this is bad. You know what I mean? I never have to deal with that again, ever. Which is Exactly. And, yeah. and nobody needs me. And that was, ah. my son was only in the next state. So if something would happen, yes, I could get there in, you know, hour and a half. But it was a different situation with my father because I knew he had cancer and I knew the end was approaching. And it was just the idea that he doesn't need me anymore. Nobody needs me in that way. Because by that time, my son was already in Florida, right? right? So that really helped me understand more about the whole emptiness syndrome and what it's like to feel unnecessary, maybe in a way. And that was not anything when the the early stages of reinventing Rita, I worked on them long before my father was diagnosed. So it was really, you know, as I was going through the revisions and that it was like, wow, I understand more now what my character felt like, because I've been there now, you know, so it's, you know, they say life imitating art, art imitating life. I I know sometimes I feel like we're just rounding around to each other. Right. And it or even parallels to while you're writing what Rita is going through versus what you're going through. That's perfectly said because it's a lot of people go through this, but to hear it or even to read about it, it's nice to be able to kind of get all encircled around it. Thank you for that. I love the fact that you shared that story. <laughs> Man, it just makes reinventing Rita even more enticing to like talk about it. Nancy, I know you talked about having short stories and things like that prior to reinventing Rita. What else can you tell me about you as an author? I've been writing my whole life. I mean, it was it was funny. After my mom passed away in, in 2005, my dad had me go through all the things that she had been collected. I actually found the very first little, I guess I set it up as a little book, all stapled and everything, <laughs> that I had done when I was in second grade. Oh. So this is, I mean, for me, it's, it's not ever a case of when did you decide you wanted to be a writer? It's like, I just always wrote. I never thought about it. And then I started writing professionally for magazines and newspapers. I think it was back in the 80s. I can't even remember. It predated the internet, it predated computers. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So, you know, I'd, I'd always done that, but that's what I call my work writing. You know, somebody paid me to write an article about XYZ or write a press release about their latest widget, right? I'd always written short stories, 
I just never thought about submitting him anywhere. I didn't know that that was an option. It would be like, you'd get an idea, you'd write it. In my case, you'd type it out because that was Mm -hmm. before computers. And after (laughs) I typed it all out and I thought, okay, this isn't bad. I'd stick it in a file folder and put it in my drawer. It was a really long time. I, I think it was back in... Good Lord, I can't even remember how long ago it was that um, I think I had my first short story published when I was 40. You know, I mean, I I, I never thought of submitting anything. It sounds ridiculous, but you have to understand that was before we had so many online magazines or whatever. And I just I never saw myself as that kind of a writer, a writer for whom being published was an option. Once you start doing it, and then I had had my first collection, then my next collection, and two nonfiction books. And actually, my first book came out in um, 2004, and that was just kind of an accident. It, it's called The Gifts of Change, and it was um, a series of essays I had written as I was trying to cope with my mom's cancer diagnosis. And I was trying to make sense of it. I, I, I'm a firm believer in journaling. So I would journal about why is this happening to her? Why, you know, why are my parents having to go through this after everything they've been through their whole life and everything, right? I had several of the essays published in different magazines. And then I thought, gee, I wonder if this could be a book. And I sent it out again, you know, before you really knew what you were doing, because I never thought of being an author. I sent it out to like five or six different publishers who took unagented work. And the the last one said, oh, yes, we would love to publish this as a book. And I kept thinking, you, you must have me confused with somebody oh. else. <laughs> and so cool. um, oddly enough, that book was published in three foreign languages. <gasps> Go figure. I, I just, this whole yeah. time, Nancy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like I'm sitting here going, what? How come? I mean, I'm just I just wrote about ordinary things and about trying to make the best of the changes that life brings into your life and look for whatever you're supposed to take away from those. I was happy because it came out the year before my mom died. So she was able to see it and I dedicated it to to my, to my parents. I love that. That's great. But but that's, that's my history. I'm just, I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I, I feel like we all need books like that because us as readers, we read to escape a lot of times. So a lot of fantasy books or whatever, cozy mysteries, it's what we sink ourselves into. But occasionally we need books like yours who touches on really sensitive subjects, but yet there's there's a positive outlook to it, which is something we all know that we should do. But to have it physically in our hands, to read about it, I think it's it's much needed. And it's important, absolutely. So Nancy, but you're also a podcaster, which is what I love. And you talk about writing in your podcast. Can you tell me more about your podcast? Sure. It's it's called Living the Writing Life, and it's on, hosted on Podbean, and you can get it on a lot of different channels. The links are on my website. It actually started during COVID because oh. I had a short story collection that was coming out in May 2020. I had all these book events lined up. Well, needless to say, none of those happened. And I thought, <laughs> okay, we don't know how long this, is, this whole situation is going to go on. I right. need to... 
because I've always been kind of an in-person type uh, when I do my book marketing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, we got to get over that. We got to start doing different, something different, right? And I had been on a, a podcast and the podcaster was just wonderful. And he really kind of took my hand and guided me because I said, I'm going to do this because I love interviewing people. I love talking to people about writing, right? Had no idea what I was doing. Again, a case of, well, I'm going to do this. How hard can it be? And then it's like, oh my God. Oh, I can't host it on my website because, you know, the, the limitations of my website. Oh, so that means I have to go find somewhere to host it in that. But I'll tell you what, I have just been just overjoyed with the guests that I've had on. I mean, some of them are like really well-known names and they've gotten awards and everything. Some of them are people that, you know, you may not have heard or read, you know, read much of them, but it's the honesty they bring to the show. They get so personal with their experiences. It's like you're sitting down having a cup of coffee with somebody you've known for years and you just do a deep dive into Tell me about you. Tell me about you as a writer. Tell me about you and your writing life. Tell me all that. I mean, I've just been so honored with the people who have been on my show because, I mean, let's face it, I'm hardly a household name. You know, I mean, they come on and they just for like 45 minutes just are so open and honest and sharing that a lot of times I'll go back and listen to an episode because I need to hear again what they said for something I'm dealing with. I'm just thrilled doing it. It is, it's an absolute joy for me. I love that. I definitely go back to listen to a lot of episodes too. Sometimes the unedited part because that author and I would talk a lot about going through whatever life experience. I also lost my mom about almost a year ago and a lot of the books that I've or a lot of authors I've talked to, we discuss the loss and just honestly how shitty it's been. <laughs> and even with COVID, how, you know, we had to deal with COVID through a lot of things. So I, I totally understand. I definitely relate. Well, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. Uh, and I know it's I yeah. know how difficult it is. Thank you. So when you were talking about the emptiness syndrome on that part, my, my mother lived with me for, you know, for a good amount of years. And when she passed, it was, she had a stroke and she passed 16 days later and just coming home and she worked with me and stuff too. And, and my husband was actually kind of afraid, like me having to drive to work on my own when it's always my mother and I, or when we come home together and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's a weird feeling to no longer be needed. Anyway, so I don't want to get into all that too much. But but Nancy, can you tell me where we can get your books then or your Reinventing Rita? Sure. One of the simplest ways to, to get all the links to where my books are sold is to go to my website, which is nancychristie.com. And you just click on the books tab and that will show you each book has its own page and the links to where it's being sold. And that's also where if I'm doing any kind of a special sale or whatever, there's the information right there. Obviously, the books are available, especially Rita. Rita was, is published by Book Baby. So it's available on the Book Baby website in their Book Baby bookshop, which is hard to say three times really fast. Um, <laughs> Barnes and Noble, Amazon, you know, all the retail outlets, if they don't carry it in the store, any of my books, they can always order it in. I try to uh, make sure that my website, every month I update my website 
and <laughs> put on whatever the latest deal. And the thing is, if you go to my website and you go under the books tab and you click on reinventing Rita, there is a separate page for the recipe. Ooh, and this nice. month we are doing strawberry crepes. <gasps> so, and that's you know, one of my favorites. They're really easy to make. They're really. The key thing with crepes is have the right pan, have the right size pan. And the thing is, so if you screw up a couple and they're a little thicker, so what? You just eat them, right? You suck it to eat them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Every month I, I will put a different recipe on there and it's just, hey, I love that. It, it's just fun. But yeah, all the book information is definitely on there. And then I, I have a YouTube channel for my midlife moxie novel series. So I'm I'm getting into doing videos. The first thing I had to learn was how to do a book trailer. And it was really funny. I was doing a a blog tour and one of the hosts during a blog tour had done this really cool video for me, a book trailer. And I said, Oh, I'm so impressed. I don't know how to do that. Oh, it's easy. She told me which software to use. And she said, basically, even if you've never done it before, it's easy. And I thought that's what we need because <laughs> I am not technologically strong. So, you know, I'm getting into doing book trailers and more videos and, you know, just, oh, just so playing cool. with different things, you know, I mean, you have to. I definitely keep going with the, with the Moxie series and do know that I'm in, I'm excited. I'm glad I'm on this train ride with you. This is so cool. Well, I want to say thank you for coming by today and talking to me because you're you're a very busy woman and I I want to be part of your tasting recipes. Honestly, I'm so jealous. Any last minute thing you want to say before we go today? For anybody who's listening and whether they're writers or not writers, if, if they have something in mind and they're thinking, gee, I wish I would have done X, Y, Z, then, you know, try it. Do Whatever it. it is, stick <laughs> your toe in it, jump in whole body. It's never too late to try something, you know, and if it doesn't work out, try something else. But we should always be learning and growing as adults. There's no age limitation on that. Ah, that's perfectly said to round this out. There's no age limitations. Thank you for that. Nancy, have a wonderful day. Thank you for talking to me. And I I love how positive and uplifting this all is. And I love how I get to read about what Rita goes through and then the rest of the series. Thank you. I will talk to you later, Nancy. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast, where just for a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book, and about her cats too. See you then!